Amen. I appreciate the young people singing that this morning. What a great message to the song as well. I stand redeemed. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Go to the book of 1 Timothy. The book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I also told the early service that... um, They might have a little bit better because uh, Thursday night or Thursday morning, I woke up and I didn't have a voice. I lost my voice for some reason, and um, couldn't do our co-op where we have our homeschool co-op on Thursday. So Brother Joel had to teach our homeschool class for me, and I was just praying, Lord, I I need a voice by Sunday, and um, and so I was praying that it would come back. And so I told the the early service, I said, you guys, at least you guys know you're going to get a voice. I'm not sure if the second service is going to get one or not. Um, having to do this twice, but uh, pray that it, it holds out through this. And um, I was having a conversation with somebody, um, uh, a, a designer that's helping us with some things with the building, and we were having a conversation on uh, Thursday. And, uh, you know, my voice is, you know, going in and out, and it's high and it's low and it's all over the place. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I feel like a teenage boy, you know? <laughs> no offense, guys. Um, but uh, it was just, it was horrible. Like, Lord, please, I need something better than that for Sunday. And uh, so, uh, pray that it holds out. Uh, but First Timothy chapter 1, First Timothy chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse number 12. First Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12, Paul says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for they counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious, But I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all expectation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now, unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. In two weeks, we'll be starting our missions conference. And uh, this is something that I want to encourage everyone who attends FBC to be a part of. Um, it's really for, for me individually and even for me as speaking part of the church, it's really the most exciting time of the year uh, for the church to think about missions and uh, the cause of Jesus Christ and getting the gospel to, to a lost and dying world and uh, what we're going to do for missions in the coming year. And so we want you to begin praying about what God would have you to do for world evangelism in 2023, this coming year. Um, our missions money does not go to the church. Uh, the missions money that we collect um, in this year, our goal is $108,000. Uh, that's not counting the tithe. That's not counting anything but just missions money. And all of that money goes to either our missionaries that we support or missions projects. Uh, not one penny of that stays here and is used for anything here at the church. And um, I believe this is one reason that the Lord has blessed the church so much, even, even with the building situation and things, is because we've made 
his mission our mission. And really, that's what it ought to be. His mission ought to be our mission. What is his mission? His mission is to get the word of God around the world. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and Matthew 28, 19 and 20, and Luke chapter 24, and Acts chapter 1, all talk about the word of God going throughout all the world. And even in the, even in the song that we just sang, that the word of God would go to every nation and every tongue and every tribe. That's, that's his mission, and that ought to be our mission as well. And uh, that's why when we have our missions conference, we have these cards that we give out. These are what we call faith promise cards. And these faith promise cards, they look kind of, if you can see what's on the top there, they, we have, we're going to have two different ones this year. Uh, one of them is just, it's all the lettering is in black on, on this side. And then one of them, the lettering is, uh, the heading is in orange. And the reason why is because as we have you pray about what God would have you to give, and then you fill these cards out, uh, we want to know whether it's uh, a teenager and an adult filling the card out or whether it's a child filling the card out. And, uh, and we want children to be involved. I love one of the, uh, the, the greatest cards that I love to read are the ones from kids that say 50 cents, a nickel, uh, or whatever it might be. You say, well, that's not much. Well, it may not be much to you, but for a kid, that's, that's a lot. And for them to be willing to trust God at a young age and want to give for world evangelism, that's an awesome thing. And so we have them. You say, well, why do you do it separately for the kids? Well, because some kids just have big hearts, and they'd put $5,000 a day on there, right? Um, and uh, I, I, if they had it, I'm sure they'd give it. But um, unfortunately, I think most kids don't have that. And so uh, we're doing that just so that in case we, fi- we see something like that, we'll know if it's a kid. Now, if there's an adult that wants to do that, praise God, absolutely. We'll take your word for it, all right? Uh, but for a kid, we want to make sure that, you know, it looks halfway reasonable. So uh, teenagers and adults, you'll be able to use the one that just looks regular, which would be the, the top one there. It has all the black lettering and it won't say adult card or kids card. That's just for uh, demonstration purposes. But then the kids, so if you're not a teenager or not an adult, you're not in the teen class, uh, if you're seventh and up, you would have this one. But if uh, you're sixth grade and down, we would ask that they use the, the one that has the orange on it just so that we can dif- differentiate that. But then also on the back, it also has something that we're going to put. Um, it has every month of the year in 2023. And the reason why that's on there is that you can mark that. You can mark, hey, I, 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 sent, I gave my money for missions in January. I gave it in February. I gave it in March. Uh, whoops, I missed April. I need to make sure that I give that in April, right? And so it's a perforated card. Uh, this small section here, uh, which is that small section on the right, you'll tear off. And then you'll keep this, this section right here. Um, and you'll keep that. That way you can put it in your Bible maybe or put it somewhere you're praying about it and it's reminding you about what, what God would have you to give. And that way that's on the back there so you can remember that. But we want you to be praying about that. There's no place on there for your name uh, because this is not about what you're trying to do for the church or anything like that. It's not about your name or anything. This is a commitment that we're asking you to make between you and God. And that's why we're telling you, pray about what God would have you to give, Right? Uh, this is not an emotional decision. This is a step of faith. That's why we call it a faith promise card. I'm trusting God. God speaks to my heart and he says, I'm going to give this amount. And so I will do that. I'm going to trust God by faith. And I'm going to promise that throughout 2023, I'm going to make this commitment uh, to give to missions. And that's why this year, uh, we're, our goal is $108,000 just in missions. 
that's not from our uh, general fund or building fund or anything like that. That's just in missions. And that, that includes five cents uh, a week and uh, five dollars a week. Or it could be you're praying about what God would have you give. It might be $50 a month or uh, maybe $100 or something like that. But you pray about it uh, and we'll have those cards uh, out later as we get closer to the missions conference. But you pray about that and what God would have you give. But I want you to notice something. Notice the theme of our conference is for this cause. For this cause. That's our theme, for this cause. Well, what cause? What is the cause, right? And I want you to notice, did you notice in verse number 16? He says, how be it, Paul is speaking to Timothy. Remember, Paul is uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and Paul is writing uh, this book and 2 Timothy. He's writing this to this young man, Timothy, that he has discipled. He has uh, helped him to grow in faith and uh, became that disciple to Paul, and Paul began to teach him. And and then he goes off in ministry, and as Paul is, is concluding his ministry, he's about ready to die. Uh, of course, we know that Second Timothy is the last book uh, that Paul writes, and he writes that to Timothy as well. But as he's writing to Timothy, he is encouraging him in some areas here. And, and I want you to notice what he says in verse 16. He says, how be it for this cause. Notice that phrase, for this cause I obtained mercy. Think about what he says there. For this cause, I obtained mercy. And I think we can all be very thankful for the mercy of God. If we understand what mercy is, we know that mercy is not receiving what we justly deserve to receive. And so think about what Paul is saying. He says, for this cause, I obtained mercy. God showed him mercy. But yet he says there was a cause. He says there was a cause behind it. There was a reason, right? This cause of Christ. And the word cause means a reason or a purpose. So think about it. What is the purpose or the reason that Paul obtained mercy? For this cause, I obtained mercy. We're going to look in this passage this morning at a couple of things that I believe Paul is trying to teach us here, and obviously as he's writing to Timothy to teach him, but to us as well. Notice, first of all, we find the cause of ministry, the cause of ministry. In verse number 12, he says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So again, there's that word. He obtained mercy. Paul says, I obtained mercy. And notice again, he says, the reason why he obtains mercy is for the cause of ministry. Paul speaks about how he was placed into the ministry there in verse number 12. He says that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, often we think of ministry is for those who maybe who are pastors or those missionaries that are going to go to a foreign field or an evangelist or uh, an assistant pastor or a deacon or, or somebody like that. Or even in Paul's case, as an apostle, right? He was an apostle of Jesus Christ. The thing is, though, the word ministry is not speaking about a position, The word ministry is speaking about action. He's not talking about a position here. He's not saying, well, if you hold the position of a pastor or a position of a missionary, position of a whatever. No, no, no. The word ministry is an, it's action. It's an active word. 
right? The word ministry is, it means to serve. It's the same word that we would find translated for the word deacon. It means to serve. Many people think, well, the deacon is an office of, it's a position, right? It's a position of power. <laughs> no, the deacon was to serve, a servant, right? And this is what he's saying. Paul, Paul is saying that God placed him into the ministry. God placed him to serve. That's what his position was, to be a, a servant, and, and when we think about this, Paul is saying that, that every one of us as Christians, our purpose, right, our cause in receiving mercy and the mercy of God is so that we can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that, is the, that is a cause that we can serve the Lord. We are to serve the one who has shown us that mercy. Again, he says, for this cause, I obtain mercy. Again, not one of us deserves the mercy of God. Every single one of us deserve judgment for our sin because we're all sinners. Every one of us are sinners. And because of our sin, we are separated from God and we deserve the judgment of God for our sin. We deserve to die and go to hell. But it's because of God and his love toward us that he was willing to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, that we could have mercy, that we didn't have to receive what we justly deserve, but Jesus Christ was willing to take that punishment for us so that we could receive mercy. And if you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have obtained mercy. But for what cause? Why have you obtained mercy? Have we obtained mercy just to live our life the way we want to live it? Have we obtained mercy just so that we can do what we want to and just enjoy life and and, and do whatever we think is right for us? Or have we obtained mercy for a cause? For this cause, Paul says. For this cause I obtain mercy. We have to understand as Christians, every one of us are to serve. And notice what he says here in this verse. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful. He counted me faithful. Now, please understand this. Paul wasn't faithful to be called to serve. Understand what he's saying here. Paul had had not done a, a lot of, you know, God was watching Paul's life and well, Paul's done this and Paul's been really faithful to church and Paul's been this. And so now because he's been so faithful, he's been so faithful doing all these things. Now I'm going to put him into the ministry. No, that's not it at all. And sometimes we like to think, well, you know, if, if God calls me into the ministry, then I'll, I'll go into the ministry. No, 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 no. Again, ministry is not a position. It is an action every one of us are to serve. And this is what he says. He counted me faithful. The word faithful here is, it's the same word that is translated reliable or trustworthy. In other words, God is saying, Paul, I'm entrusting you with this task. He he counted me faithful. He's saying, God, God says, Paul, I'm entrusting you with this task. I'm giving you a responsibility. I'm giving you this task, and I'm expecting you to be faithful. I'm expecting you to be trustworthy with it. I'm expecting you to be reliable with it. So here it is. Paul says, hey, he's put me into the ministry, and he's counting me faithful. He's saying, hey, Lord, here it is. I I want you to serve, Paul, and I want you to be faithful in it. I want you to be trustworthy in it. I I wonder how many of us could say that we have been trustworthy 
in what God has given us to do. That we have been reliable. That as we have accepted Christ as our Savior, and now He says, hey, I'm placing you into the ministry. You're here to serve. I wonder how many of us could say, we have been faithful. We have been trustworthy. We have been reliable in what He's called us to do. say, well... Pastor, you don't, you, I, I know I've failed. Well, that's okay, because I know I've failed too. And I know Paul failed. You say, well, then why is God saying that he's trustworthy? Well, notice this, because when, when we get this idea of serving, we think it's somehow that, that we, it's something that we're doing ourselves. But watch again what he says here. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. You see, there's the key. The key is not me trying to enable myself. The key is he is enabling me. When I am willing to be obedient to God and say, Lord, hey, I'm willing to serve. This is the cause. You've, you have saved me. You've given me mercy. I've obtained mercy for this cause, Lord. And I want to serve. I want to be in ministry. I want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Jesus Christ enables us to do exactly what he wants us to do. Sometimes we just think, well, you know, I just, you know, that's, that's for pastors. That's for missionaries. That's for, no, 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 no. It's not a position, it's an action. And every one of us who have obtained mercy, we have a cause. And that cause is to serve. That cause is to, to minister. We, it, when we are willing to serve, then we'll find that Christ enables us. He'll enable us to do exactly what he, what he wants us to do. Look, it, it wasn't my desire, and I, I, think if you'll, I think if you'll look, I don't think Paul just, you know, when he got saved, he just jumped up and said, hey, I want to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I don't think he did that at all. Now, you can't find it in Scripture, right? People think, well, you know, I have to, you know, Pastor, you just, you just wanted to be a preacher. No, I didn't. I didn't want to be a preacher. Well, you were, you were a missionary kid. You grew up on the missionary, mission field, and so you probably wanted to be a missionary. Nope. Didn't want to be a missionary. I didn't want to be a missionary. Didn't want to be a preacher. Didn't want to do any of those things. He said, you've been preaching how long? 22 years. 22 years. You say, why? Because when I obtained mercy, I understood it wasn't about me. When I obtained mercy, it wasn't just so that I could just keep living my life the way I wanted to live it. I obtained mercy for a cause, and that cause was to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the Lord Jesus Christ said, hey, I want you to serve in Uganda as a missionary. Hey, I don't know much about missions, but Lord, I'll go. And you know what I found? He enables us when we're obedient to him. I had no idea about how to be a pastor coming back to America. Those of you that were, that were here when I first started, you're like, amen to that. You didn't know nothing. And I still don't know a whole lot. But you know what I found? As when I, when I just said, Lord, if that's where you want me to be, I'm willing to go. God enables us. He gives us the ability and what we need to accomplish what he wants for him. You know why so many of us are not being enabled? Because we're not willing to serve. If we're not willing to serve, if we're not willing to be what God wants us to be, it's going to be hard for God to enable us. You see, the cause of ministry we have to serve but notice secondly there's the cause of the gospel notice in verse number 14 he says in the grace of our lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in christ jesus this is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation that christ jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom i am chief Howbeit, for this cause i obtain mercy 
that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Man, verse 14 is such an incredible verse. Think about it. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, you know, if I, if my wife says, hey, do you want some ice cream? I say, well, sure. I don't want just a little scoop of ice cream. I'd like some exceeding abundant ice cream. You know, I mean, if somebody says, hey, what, you know, what, what do you want on your pizza? Do you want pepperoni? Sure. Yeah. I don't want one piece of pepperoni on my pizza. I want some exceeding abundant pepperoni on my pizza. You know, I mean, that's, we want, we, we understand what that means, man. It's, it's a lot there. There's so much there, that's, that's what we want. And this is what he says. Notice the grace of God. Notice what does he say? The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. He says his grace, boy, it's sufficient. His grace. You can't, you can't even, you can't even begin to try to put a, put a number on it. The grace of our Lord exceeding abundant. That means he has enough grace for you. He has enough grace for me. He has enough grace for every person in this room. He has enough grace for every person in this city. He has enough grace for every person in this county. He has enough grace for every person in this state. He has enough grace for every person in this country. He has enough grace for every person in the world. His grace is exceeding abundant. Again, when we think about mercy, we think about not receiving what we justly deserve. But grace is receiving what we didn't deserve. Not one of us deserves to receive salvation. Oh, but aren't you glad that his grace is exceeding abundant? Aren't you glad that his salvation isn't just for a certain number of people or a certain race of people or a certain group of people or a certain people that speak a specific language? His grace is exceeding abundant. It's for anyone who will come to him. Aren't you glad for that? You see, there's the cause of the gospel, the grace of God. Think about what he says in verse 15. This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all expectation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Why did Jesus come? I've heard people say, well, Jesus came to live a good life so that we could follow his example. That's not why he came. Now, you can follow his example, but that's not why he came. He came to save sinners. Now, please understand this morning. I understand there's lots of religions out there today. And there are lots of religions that will try to tell you that, hey, you can do something to save yourself. There are religions that will say, hey, if you're just a good enough person, you can get to heaven. Or if, if, you, just, if you just do a lot of good things, if you try to keep the commandments, you can get to heaven. There's some people that would even believe in, in, in a few minutes we're going to have a baptism. We have some folks that are going to be baptized. They'll say, oh, they, see, the reason why they're getting baptized is so they can go to heaven. Wrong. They're not getting baptized to go to heaven. That, that water that's in there, that's not holy water. It's Eaton City water. And it sure ain't holy. Do you think somehow that water in there is going to wash away somebody's sins? No, 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 my friend. You know how I know that? Look what he said. He says in verse number 15 that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 
He didn't say get baptized to be saved. He said Jesus Christ came to save sinners. If there was something that you and I could do, whether it's baptism or church membership or or giving or being a good person, if there's something that you and I could do, we wouldn't need that verse there. Jesus Christ would not have had to come. But he did. Do you know why? Because there's nothing you and I can do. You say, well, I, 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 you know, my religion says this or whatever. Look, I, I'm not concerned about your religion or my religion. I'm concerned about what the Bible says. Amen. What does the Word of God say? Read that verse with me again. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation that Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus Christ is the one that saves sinners. It's not a baptism or church membership. Good works, Ten Commandments? No. It's Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul says, I have obtained mercy. Paul didn't say, I got baptized. He says, I've obtained mercy through the grace of God that is exceeding abundant. That grace, that grace of God, it's exceeding abundant. But notice also the long suffering of Christ. Look what he says in verse number 16. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. The long suffering of Christ. Paul says he is an example of the long suffering of Christ. You say, well, God could never forgive me for what I've done. He could never use my life. Wait a minute. What did we find in verse number 13? Go back and verse, look at verse number 13. He says, who was before, and this is talking about Paul, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. The word injurious means violent. That was Paul. Paul says he was a blasphemer, he was a persecutor, and he hurt people. So that doesn't sound like the Apostle Paul. No, that's not the Apostle Paul. That was the, that was the man before he got saved. That was, that was who he was first. And here's the thing. You have Paul. You have this man, Saul of Tarsus, that is out there persecuting the church. You have this man that takes Stephen. What crime had Stephen done? Stephen hadn't committed any crime other than simply preaching the gospel. And yet Saul takes Stephen and allows him to be stoned to death. Can I tell you, that's, that's pretty violent there. And then he takes men and women everywhere he can, anywhere he can find people that are claiming to be Christian, right? I mean, thank, thank God we live in a place where we can worship freely and openly and we can profess, hey, I'm a Christian and we don't have to worry about somebody taking us and throwing us in jail. They did. They had to worry about that. And Paul found those who were, who were following Jesus Christ and he took them and he threw them in jail and who knows what atrocities happened to them. Paul said, that's what I did. And here's what's really interesting. He did it for God. Now, he didn't know God at the time, but he thought he was doing God a favor. He said, this is how I've been raised. This is what my religion teaches me. He thought he was serving God until he finally met God. And when he met God, guess what happened? His life changed. He understood it wasn't about those things. And this is why he says, I have obtained mercy. Remember what he said back in verse number number 15 there? He says, of whom I am the chief He's talking about the sinner. He's like, I am the chiefest of sinners. If there's anybody that should not receive mercy that doesn't deserve grace, it's me. I'm the chiefest of sinners. And no doubt there's probably somebody in here saying, no, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm the chiefest of sinners. I don't deserve mercy and I don't deserve grace. And and God surely can't forgive my sin. And and God can't use my my life. And, And you don't understand what you're talking about, preacher. Let me tell you something. His grace is exceeding abundant. 
The Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, don't, under, don't, don't get me wrong. That's not a, a license just to go out and sin. Well, I have grace, so I can go sin. No, 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 that's not what he's saying. But where your sin is and whatever sin you might have and you might think that God can't forgive and, and my life is just wrecked and ruined and God can't use me, let me tell you something. God says his grace is exceeding abundant. We have obtained mercy for a cause and Jesus Christ wants to take your life no matter where it is and if you will give it to him, he wants to use it. He wants to use it. And he says, if Paul says, if God can use my life, God can use me, a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent person. He says, if God can use me, I know he can use you. I know he can use you. He said, well, you don't understand what I've done. Let me tell you something. I don't have to understand what you've done. I understand what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and there's not one sin that he cannot forgive if you're willing to come to him. You can't tell me that you've done something that God can't forgive. You can't tell me that God can't use your life. Paul's an example of that, the long-suffering of Christ. Aren't you glad he's long-suffering? Again, not one of us, I don't deserve to be the pastor of this church. This is such an amazing church. God has blessed this church with amazing people, wonderful people. I don't deserve to be the pastor of this church. I don't deserve to be used by God in ministry. I didn't deserve to be used by God in in Uganda as a missionary. I don't deserve that. None of us deserve to be used by God. I'm so thankful for the long-suffering of Christ. And that even though still many times we mess up, and yes, I mess up, I'm still thankful for the long-suffering of Christ. His grace is exceeding abundant. And I want you to notice another thing in verse number 16. Notice, Notice this phrase. Notice this life everlasting He says, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You see that phrase? To them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Do you know what that means? It means that Christ wants others to believe on him just like Paul did. It means that Christ has others that he wants to to know about him. And we can say, thank God for his mercy and thank God for his grace. But friend, let me tell you something. There are many outside of these walls that do not know about his mercy and his grace. How are they going to hear? How are they going to hear if there aren't missionaries willing to go to the Balkans? If there aren't missionaries willing to go to Mexico and San Tome and Principe? If they're not willing to go to South Africa? If they're not willing to go to China or the Philippines or, 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 or uh, uh, Russia or one of these places? How are they going to know about the mercy of God and his abundant, exceeding grace if somebody's not willing to go and tell them? You see, his mission must become our mission. This cause, Paul says, for this cause I obtain mercy. This is why when when Jesus Christ saves us, he doesn't just say, hey, you're saved now. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. No, he says, I've saved you for a purpose. I've saved you to serve. I've saved you for the cause of ministry. I've saved you for the cause of the gospel to be able to tell others about Jesus Christ. You see, there's two things that we have to understand. When we're serving the Lord, we ought to have two things in mind, understanding, hey, uh, God, if you want me to go, I'll go. God, if you want me to go to the Balkans, I'll go to the Balkans. If you want me to go to Mexico, I'll go to Mexico. God, if you want me to go to the Philippines, I'll go to the Philippines. But here's the thing. God doesn't call every single one of us to go to the Balkans or the Philippines or to Mexico. 
Can't go. God hasn't called me to go yet. So what do I do? Do I just sit back and say, well, God hasn't called me to go, so let's just, let's just go on with life? No. God hasn't called me to go, but yet he still called me to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm going to be able to support missionaries. That's why we have missionaries come in. They tell us about where they're going, about the people that are there, the people that need to hear about Jesus Christ. And we say, hey, you know what What I'm going to do? I'm going to give so that they can go. I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to give for missions so that these missionaries can take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Why? Because they need to know about the abundant mercy of God. They need to know about his exceeding grace. Hey, I I got to be a part of that. And now Paul says, hey, for this cause I obtain mercy. For this cause we are to go and we're to serve the Lord. And hey, if if God hasn't called us to go to a foreign country then let's help get those who have been called to go let's help get them over there so that they can tell people about jesus christ see there's a cause the question is is it our cause well there's a cause the cause of jesus christ but have we made it our cause look we there are all kinds of good causes out there Right? There's all kinds of good causes. I mentioned we're going to have a food drive. That's a good cause, right? There are people in need. They need food and things like that. We're going to try to help get some food for them. That's a good cause. But can I tell you, that's not really the cause. The cause is to get them food. The cause is to show them Jesus Christ. That's what the cause is all about. You see, we get, we get so wrapped up in our life and, well, this cause, you know, I'm, I'm about, you know, I'm going to get a, a new car and I'm going to get a new house and I'm going to get a new job and I'm going to get a promotion and I'm going to get my, my 401k and my retirement and all these different things. And these become our cause. Wait a minute. Paul says, for this cause, I obtain mercy. For this cause, so that others can know about Jesus Christ. For this cause, I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Paul says there's a cause here and the cause is now that I'm saved, I need to be telling others about Jesus Christ. And if I can't go to where they are, I want to help send somebody. Look, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not against a a, a nice house. I'm not against a nice car. I'm not against a good job. I'm not against a retirement program. I'm not against those things. But if that's our cause, then we have missed it. Our cause is Jesus Christ and what his mission is. That's why we say, well, I just don't don't know if I can give. I just don't know if I can help others go. You You know what's sad many times? We will give more to a car dealership for a car that is going to lose value in five years than we will to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. We will, get, we will spend more in a month going out to eat than we will to get the gospel to people who have never heard about Jesus Christ. Now again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not against going out to eat. I'm not against driving a nice car. But what is our cause? If that's what our whole life is about, this is what I've got to have, and this is where it's going to make me happy, and this is where satisfaction is, and this is what it's all for me. It's all about me. You've missed it, friend. For this cause I obtain mercy. You obtain the mercy of God not to live for self, but to live for him. That's why he says in verse number 17, notice the third thing here, in the cause of glory. Now unto the king... Can I tell you something? Your name's not there. Amen. Your name's not there. The king, eternal, immortal, 
invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, you want to know who the cause is? It's about him. It's not about us. We, we've become so spoiled in America that we think everything is about us. Our rights, all about me, it's all about us, it's all about me. Thank God we live in America, but, but can I tell you, maybe we need a little shaken up in America. Maybe we need to recognize and realize that life is not about me, but it's about Jesus Christ. Unto Him be glory. Unto Him be honor and glory forever and ever. Not to me. It's not about me. Unto the King. Aren't you glad that we have a king that doesn't get replaced every couple of years? We have a king that, man, it doesn't matter what's going on. He has never lost control. Oh, it might look, you might say, man, look at what around. He's, he's, he's lost control. No, Jesus has never lost control. He's still on the throne. He knows exactly what's going on. He hasn't lost control. He's immortal. Eternal. Invisible. The only wise God. Aren't you glad that when we don't know what to do, we can go to him and he can give us the wisdom that we need to know? You know why? Because he's the wise God. He's wise. And you know what he says? Unto him. Now unto the king. Unto the king. You know what this cause is? It's the king's cause. It's not my cause. It's the king's cause. Now unto the king. Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Can I tell you, friend, one day, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, not, you're not putting your trust in a baptism, you're not putting your trust in the Ten Commandments, or you put your trust in Jesus Christ, one day we know, the Bible is very clear, that one day we're going to be gathered around the throne of Jesus Christ and we're going to be praising Him and giving Him honor and glory. Man, that's going to be an amazing time. Hey, that's not when it's supposed to start. You know when it's supposed to start? Right now. Right now. Unto him, right now, be honor and glory forever and ever. That means right this moment, this, man, everything we do ought to be honoring and glorifying him. In our job, in our family, in our life, everything we do ought to be done to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's his cause cause of Jesus Christ. It's a cause to serve. The cause of the gospel. To get the gospel to a world that does not know about Jesus Christ. But it's a cause of glory. That he would receive the glory in all that we do. Can I ask you, what is your cause today? Is your cause your family? Is your cause your job? Is your cause your finances? What is your cause? Paul says, for this cause, I obtain mercy. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. I may not know how to do it all the time, but I know who will enable me. And I'm going to serve. I'm going to find a place to serve. Thank God for these young people that were up here today serving. Amen. They're not up here singing so we can clap and say, oh, wow, you did such a great job. No, 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 they deserve they deserve that, but that's not why they're up here. You know why they're up here? To praise Him. To give glory to God. Think about the song they're saying, I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
to give him the glory, to give him the honor. What's your cause? You've obtained mercy if you know Christ as your Savior. But are you using what you've obtained for his cause? Or have you found your own cause? Maybe this morning we need to get back and say, Lord, I I need to make my mission your mission. And I need to get back on the right cause, the cause of Jesus Christ. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, no one looking about this morning, I wonder this morning, maybe there might be someone here today that may not know Christ as their Savior. Maybe you've been trusting in a church. Maybe you've been trusting in your good works. Maybe you thought, well, I got baptized. Isn't that enough? Maybe this morning you recognize and you understand that those things cannot save you. Jesus Christ is the only one who can save you from your sin. This morning, you'd be very honest with God, with yourself, and with me. And you'd say, Pastor, I, I do not know if I died today where I would be. I don't know that. But I would like to. I would like to know that if I died, that my sins are forgiven, and that I would be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else is looking about. Friend, would you be honest with yourself, with God, and with me? You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but I would like to pray for you this morning. If that's you this morning, would you just simply raise your hand and put it right back down? Nobody's going to come to you. I just want to pray for you this morning. You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I died where I would go. Thank you. God bless you. Someone else. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, God bless you. Someone else, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died where I would go. But I would like to know that. Is there someone else? Friend, in just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If you'd like for somebody to take the word of God and show you how you can be saved, when the music begins to start, I'm going to ask you just to come. And I'll meet you right down here in front. And I'll have someone take the word of God and show you how you can be saved. Christian, what about you? You say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Praise the Lord for that. Then you can say like Paul, that we have received this mercy for a cause. But are you fulfilling the cause? For this cause, Paul says, Are you fulfilling it? Or have we got sidetracked and we're just concerned about our own life, doing our own things, and we've really forgotten about why Jesus Christ saved us so that we can be a light to a lost and dying world? Father, I pray, Lord, you'd work in our hearts this morning in the invitation. Lord, only you really know what you're doing in their hearts. God, I pray this morning you would work We would respond and be obedient to what you would have for us. Lord, those that raise their hand, they're not sure of their salvation. I pray that you would help them to come. We might take the word of God and show them how they can be saved. Lord, we thank you. We ask you to work now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet, their heads bowed and eyes closed.